The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of life that you give to us. Be with us in this day. Amen. Thanks for the hymn, Bill. <laughs> it was like, okay, it's not my phone. Whose is it? So this text is about money. If churches talk about money, it's usually because they don't have enough of it. When people talk about money, it's because they would like to have more of it. When the Bible talks about money, it's usually because somebody has or wants too much of it. That's the gospel lesson today. After being on vacation for three weeks and not the last two weeks, working a lot harder than I should have been, uh, I started the sermon on Saturday morning. I won't say I groaned when I saw the text, but I wasn't happy with it. Because money's one of those things we're not supposed to talk about in polite company. We get a little squirmish, you know. But especially when we talk about money and we're going to say that it's going to change our lifestyle. We don't like that. Oh, we can talk about our Christian virtues, faith, hope, love, joy. But do we really want to talk about budget, retirement plans, shopping habits, tithing, offerings? 
Those get so specific. They get so concrete. They get so private. But Jesus doesn't care. So here we go, money. In the text, there's a lot of hard questions. And the biggest question is this. I need to stop assuming that my nearest and dearest concerns are the same concerns that Jesus has. The brother comes to talk to Jesus. Have my brother divide my inheritance. Sounds fair to me. Fairness and equality. Jesus says, it's not my job. Like the rich man in the parable, I think I like to do what I want to do with my money. Jesus doesn't agree. Like both men, I want to put my life into secular and into the religious so that my brother or sister or neighbor doesn't interfere with what I want to do with my money. But Jesus doesn't see it that way. I only see part of what's happening. Jesus sees the whole thing. Where I look at the surface of my life, Jesus looks at my heart. Where I like the temporal things that can be measured and felt and bought and sold, Jesus loves the eternal. Did you know that in the Bible, the most talked about topic is money and possessions? Why? Because it's money and possessions that can distort us, that makes us defensive. It's hard to hear the gospel, how freeing and risky and scandalous it is. There is something about money that grabs hold of us and doesn't let go. So Jesus tells us, be rich to God. Beautiful phrase, but what does it mean? What does a heart or a lifestyle or a home or a bank account have to do with being rich towards God? Maybe it means guarding against greed instead of worrying about fairness. Maybe it means holding the option of our death in front of our eyes rather than ignoring it. Maybe it's looking at what makes us feel secure or insecure when it comes to living and life and money. Maybe it's the thought that this hard-earned 
lifestyle of our money really comes from God and belongs to God. Maybe it means putting people in front of wealth. Maybe it means talking to God rather than just listening to ourselves. Maybe it means ignoring our own wisdom rather than trusting in God's wisdom. This process, this process of learning about God, being converted to God, and then learning all over again, that being rich towards God and then knowing our sin that keeps us away from God and then going back, that is the process of faith. It's interesting. The story starts out talking about the land. A rich man owned productive land. But this isn't a story about land. It turns around and the story is about a rich guy, a random rich guy who thinks he comes first. Says he has a land, an estate. The land is productive. That's good. We like that as being farmers. But productive land means there is crop in the field. And do you suppose this rich man is out there harvesting the crop all by himself? No John Deere tractors or combines. Getting the crop in requires workers, lots of them. But do you hear the words of the rich man? He says, my fruits, my storehouses, my grains and goods. He doesn't see. He doesn't understand that there are people doing his work. And so Jesus tells us this is a story about greed. Greed happens when you don't see the people who are doing the work. Greed is named as idolatry in that Colossians reading. And Jesus says, beware. Greed tells us to banish anyone who wants to get what is ours. Idolatry says the world is built up of self-interest. Idolatry lies. Because I, greed and idolatry won't build a community. A story by Florence Ferrier. We ain't poor. The Sheldons were a large family and they were in severe financial hardship after a series of misfortunes. The help they received was not adequate, 
yet they manage their meager income with ingenuity and without complaint. The pastor says, one fall day I visited the Sheltons in their ramshackle rented house. Despite a painful physical handicap, Mr. Sheldon had shot and butchered a bear which strayed into their yard. The meat had been processed into all big canning jars they could find or swap for. There would be meat in their diet even during the worst of the winter. Mr. Shelton offered me a jar of bear meat. I hesitated to accept it, but the givers responded by saying, now you just have to take this. We want you to have it. We don't have much, that's a fact, but we ain't poor. What's the difference, I asked. When you give something away, even when you don't have much, then you ain't poor. When you don't feel easy giving something away, even if you got more than you need, then you're poor, even if you know it or not. The spiritual lesson God gives. Being rich towards God means knowing that God is the provider. It frees us from, I have done this. It gives us distance between what we think is ours because we have worked for it so that we can pool it to help one another. It helps build community. Amen.